Hello and welcome back to the CC Pro podcast. Thanks to everyone that's listened so far. Thanks to Deck for covering last week when I was off. And in today's episode, we'll go round up everything that's happened this week in the markets, including the FOMC meeting, where the Fed decided to pause rate hikes once again. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve in the US decided to pause rate hikes once again. Remember, they paused back in June, only to come back and raise rates in July. The next Federal Reserve meeting isn't until November. And will they return with a rate hike? I think it's very unlikely. Remember, this is the fastest rate hiking cycle in history, going from 0% in March 2022 to 5.25% currently. And for me, the lag effects are only starting to take a grip on the US economy. So for me, I don't believe the Fed will hike again. And one of the main reasons is I don't believe the economy can stomach it. We're already seeing treasury yields reach decade high levels. If we look at the two-year treasury, it's on course to finish the week at the highest level since 2006 and the 10-year at the highest level since 2007. At the same time, the yield curve is inverted with the two-year trading much higher than the 10-year and inverted yield curve always leads to a recession. On top of this, the 30-year mortgage rate has risen to 7.75%, which is the highest level since 2000. That means that the repayment on a mortgage for a 500 grand house has went from two grand a month to $3,600 per month. That's almost an 80% increase. Now, obviously, no one is moving home during this period. Why would you go from paying a 3% interest rate to move home to incur a massive jump to a 7.75% rate? And that's forcing a lot of people to stay put and mortgage demand is at decade-level lows. Now, the whole point in these rate hikes was to curb inflation, but there is no way the Fed can curb inflation when oil is surging. The key way to fight inflation would be to actually do something to bring down oil prices. Remember, oil's an input in every sector of production, and every import is more expensive because of the oil price. At the same time, the US government is on a massive spending spree. The US government had a $32 trillion debt level in June, and last week it passed $33 trillion, adding a trillion dollars of debt in less than 90 days. So the number one reason that rising yields is a big problem for the US government is the amount of businesses and regional banks that have invested in government debt. During 0% years, during COVID, banks had to find some form of yield. They had to take all that money people had deposited with them or saved with them and they had to invest it to try and find yield. That's how the banks make money. So a large amount of customers' deposits was used to go and buy US government debt. Safe haven asset, never defaulted. It's the safe play. It's what everyone did. But the problem with that is when the rates are so low, the US Treasuries were only yielding a 1% or 2% yield. As those yields rise, the value of those US Treasuries drops, meaning that all those savings from during COVID times were invested in US Treasuries that are now worth a lot less. And this poses a massive problem for regional banks, especially right now because of inflation. Customers are demanding their savings back. They're needing their savings to spend, to pay bills, 
to pay for the price of gas and the rise in groceries. As more and more people withdraw their savings from regional banks, regional banks have to sell those US treasuries that they invested in, but they're selling them a massive loss. At the same time, the cost of borrowing for any business or regional bank has risen from 0% or very low rates to 5.25% and above. So at both ends, local business and regional banks are being squeezed. We also have the fact that the US government's operating in a massive deficit. The difference between how much they collect in tax and how much they spend in 2023 alone is probably going to be about $2 trillion. The only way to recoup that money is through inflation or through taxation, and they're not going to raise taxes going into an election year. They can, of course, cut spending, but let's be serious, not a single government around the world is going to cut spending. They would never get elected. And that's why we have the same problems in the UK. More people just want more spending, but that money has to come from somewhere. So their Federal Reserve's actually in a position no one wants to be in. They want to raise rates to curb inflation, but it's not working because OPEC Plus are allowing production to be cut, which is raising oil prices around the globe. At the same time, the Federal Reserve has no say over how the US government spends its money, and the US government seems to be on a massive spending spree. So while higher rates should tackle inflation in the short term, it's not working, and the lag effects haven't been felt. What we're likely to see over the coming weeks, and potentially months, but probably sooner rather than later, is a massive rotation out of the stock market. And if you look at big stocks, it's probably already began. And NVIDIA is one that I've talked about for a while. NVIDIA is now down almost 20% since they posted record earnings and achieved an all-time high market cap. People are taking their profits from big tech stocks and they're investing in US treasuries. Because from here, the yield is more likely to go down than up. And that means the value of the treasury is more likely to go up than down. So it's a really safe bet for big investors. There's probably never been a better risk-reward for US Treasuries because they're valued so low because the rate rose so quick. The yield is very likely to start dropping soon and that means the value of the Treasury goes up. I've also been speaking over the last few months about Japan. Japan has one of the highest debt-to-GDP levels in the world but they also have zero inflation or have had zero inflation for the last 10 years. They have a very relaxed interest rate level, normally with interest rates kept at a negative to inflation level. The Japanese government owns about 50% of all Japanese bonds, but this week the Japanese 10-year bond reached its highest level in over a decade. Now this also poses a problem for the US. The higher the Japanese bond goes, the more likely Japanese investors are going to pull their money from the US market and bring it back home. Why would you buy foreign debt when you can buy your own local debt and get the same type of yield? As soon as this happens, this is going to pose a problem for the US government. Japan is the biggest foreign holder of US government debt. If Japan begins to sell that debt, then who's going to buy the US government's debt? If the US government wants to continue this spending spree, they need to find a buyer of that debt and it's most likely going to be the Federal Reserve, which means rate cuts are probably coming soon and 
the money printer is going to be turned back on. The Federal Reserve is going to be forced to buy its own debt. And as I've been saying for months, I believe this is where Bitcoin shines. So there's a few things at play in the US right now. For me, I expect more regional bank problems in the coming weeks. Wouldn't surprise me if it happens very soon. The yield on the two-year spiked last week and it was called a glitch. But then it happened to trade higher than that throughout the week. It's not a glitch in my opinion. There is big problems in the US bond market and the Federal Reserve will do everything to protect it. I would expect regional bank problems coming soon. Some heavy bankruptcies in the private sector, probably by a well-known name very soon. I expect NVIDIA to keep dumping and if you saw my chart on CC Pro, you know exactly where I think it's going. At the same time, I think yields might continue to spike, but eventually they're going to reverse with everyone parking their money in US Treasuries, getting that high yield, and also having some form of safe haven asset. I also expect the Japanese government to step in. They're going to have to defend the yen, they're going to start selling US Treasuries, and the money's going to flow back to Japan. And this is my thesis on Bitcoin. I believe Bitcoin will establish itself as a safe haven asset. People are waking up to the fact that money is so manipulated around the globe. Whether you're in Europe, Britain, Japan or the US, people are starting to understand that the problems with the monetary and financial system are man-made. The same people that are instructed to fix the problem of inflation are the ones that caused inflation. And that message is getting round people very quickly. People are starting to wake up to it. So I would imagine gold and Bitcoin will do very well in the coming six months. I think the halving will obviously cause a supply shock for Bitcoin, but I think smart money and people that understand how manipulated money is are going to start moving into Bitcoin. At the same time, I think inflation is going to continue to be a problem for the US, Europe and the UK. Oil prices are still around $89 a barrel. OPEC Plus doesn't seem to be suggesting they're going to increase production, which means that oil is going to continue to be very high in price, which forces prices higher across the world. The US also has a unique problem in that they've already drained their reserves of oil. They're at 40-year low levels, so they can't actually drain them much further. So they can't manipulate the price of oil. The one caveat I do have to all of this is if there was a massive crash, a Black Monday type crash like we saw in the 80s and the 90s and in the dot-com bubble, that might actually help out central banks around the world. There's nothing more disinflationary than a massive recession. A huge sell-off in the stock market on a Monday wouldn't be out of the question and I believe we're not far away from Black Monday where we see 10, 15, 20% drops in the stock market. If this did happen and we had a 2007-2008 style recession, that will cause massive disinflationary pressures because people won't have jobs. People will go bankrupt and it will stop spending. Ultimately, the problems we are facing are caused by central banks around the world, and this is why we believe in Bitcoin so much. Bitcoin cannot be manipulated. The supply is fixed and so is the issuance and that's a massive point. Bitcoin is very predictable and that's what you want in your monetary system. So I believe in this environment Bitcoin is going to start to do very well. I would expect to see it in the coming weeks 
And if I had to put my neck on the line, I would imagine within the next two to three weeks, we will see another regional bank crisis in the US. So that's what happened this week. That's what I think's coming in the next few weeks in the global economy. And that's why I'm so bullish on Bitcoin. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Keep your feedback coming in and we'll catch you again on the next one.